All right, so uh, so now we are going to try to show how. Okay, so uh, Rabbi Eliezer seems to be going completely different direction. Rabbi Yeshua, uh, but it's the same pasuk. Uh, how are we having an elu ve'elu Kim Chaim, right? What's the pasuk saying? Is this a negative thing? Is this coming to? Uh, to exhaust, terrify, and test? Or is it coming to give the Torah and give the mon and do miracles for the Jewish people? So, um, seemingly, the, they're kind of, they, they are, they're working with, first of all, there's, the threes, right? Three is man is made up of three. All the time, the morale says, right? Is you have, you have the, um, you have the goof, right? And you have the nefesh, the the emotions or you know, the life force, so to speak, right? And you have the seichel. And Rabbi Eliezer is talking about the preparation of all three of these for you know, to, to be fit vessels to receive whatever is going to happen. And Rabbi Yeshua is actually talking about the good thing that is going to be coming in. So, for example, um, if... Um, so we know statement of Rish Lakish is a famous one. There's many, many such statements, similar ones as well, that in the Torah is kaimus elabemish Right, the Torah can only persevere in a person who kills himself over it, who uh, kills himself for it. I should say. So, um, which uh, which the morale explains to mean that a person who is uh, a, the person's body is a physical vessel. It is something that is uh, uh, definitionally an antithesis to the Torah, which is spiritual. So how can the Torah, which is spiritual, exist inside of a body, which is physical? The only way is for the body to lose its physicality, so to speak, right? Which the most extreme version of that would be actual death, right? For the body to actually cease to exist. But obviously, we're talking about a person continuing to live while doing that. So rather, it means a complete negation, a complete dismissal of the body and, and kind of what it wants, then the Torah can be miskaim inside the person. That's how the moral explains the statement of Rish Lakish. But be that as it may, the entire Nesiva Torah, many, many Chazals the moral brings, all talking about the need to be mezachich the guf, to purify the body, to diminish the body's physicality, I mean, the, the, the body's... Uh, drives towards physicality, the buyer, the body's engagement with physicality, uh, like we spoke about our Shabbos, in order to become a proper vessel for receiving the Torah. It's a very Christian concept, not a Jewish concept. Um, so the difference is that with uh, you know, the, the, the Christians, uh, I mean, or, or other monks, or you know, Buddhists, or, or whatever Sex, it may be, yeah. yeah they understand that there is no ability to 
use the physical world correctly. We understand that there is an ability to use the physical world correctly. However, we, do, we also recognize that there is a massive uh, um, I want to say ability, but uh, risk. Uh, risk of misusing the physical world as well. So, you know, so that's what the Mr. Sharm talks about in the in the in the first parak, right? That uh, um, you know, when he talks about on the deepest level that man can fi- can rectify the physical world, the man can fix the physical world. He says, and you do and you do that by only taking from it what is necessary for your focus Hashem. And that's so that. Uh, um, is true, but we're talking about where the body um, goes from being the primary kind of boss, right? The one who calls the shots, to being more of a servant, more, you know, where where it takes a back seat. That's what it means to be Mami says that the 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 Torah becomes the primary, the, the spiritual pursuit becomes the primary, and the body is uh, is uh, becomes a secondary vessel to it. So, that would work very beautifully with Derech. Right? So, Rabbi Eliezer tells us that Derech is to exhaust them, that exhaustion of the, of the body, like the Maral says, right? I'm reading the Maral over here, that we already did last week, that uh, Hashem exhausted the body on the way, in order to subjugate it, in order to subdue it, right? And then we have the parallel of that is Rabbi Yeshua says that derech is what? To give them the Torah. Right? Because again, the Torah can't go in if the body is robust and, you know, uh, fully in, in, you know, uh, in charge uh, and um defining the entire scene as being a physical person, so then the Torah cannot go in. Yeah, like, uh, like as I'll say, until your person is mispalel, that the Torah should go into him, he should first be mispalel, that all of his delicacies that he, uh, should leave his stomach. Right? That, uh, you know, that if you're gorged with mashmanim uh, umamtakim, then is that's not a proper vessel for the Torah to go into. So it's not Shabbos. Except the Shabbos, of course. Kiddush herring. Kiddush herring. And the Torah is like a very good sense. Beautiful. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because that, that is definitely a mitzvah. You make the the Ratzlabore. Yeah. Okay. So that was so that's that's one. Now uh, next is midbar. Midbar is to terrify the person, right? Um, and so the moral says that let's sorry if koach hanafshi, which has, which is the one that uh, that experiences yira, and therefore the nefesh will will also be uh, subdued to the yeah to towards the, the divine service. Yeah? Sorry, what is Midbar? Rabbi Eliezer Darshan's 
Hamidbar is litzarfan. What does that mean? So the maral. So uh, if, again, we don't have the same printing, but if you look towards the beginning of Rabbi Eliezer, when the maral is explaining Rabbi Eliezer's things, so ve'achakach b'midbar k'dei litzarif koach hanefesh hamekabel hayira ve'apachad. The part that, that yeah. gets scared. Yeah. So let's. Uh, so. It's a, it's a certain purification through through fear uh, of uh, you know, basically the, the desert is a very scary place. It's a place of nachashim and nakrovim. It's snakes and scorpions and you know flash floods or what are they called? The, the, the water runs through the uh, through the wadi, right? What is Sarfan is to purifying? Uh, but yeah, but, but, but it means to terrify. Yeah. So, whereas, uh, Rabbi Yeshua says is to give the mon. Because mon, like he said before, mon is a, not, not a physical thing. It can only uh, exist in, the, in a non yeshuv place, in, in, a, in the Midbar, where, where there's you know, regular food doesn't grow, right? So then that's a place where you could get mon. Again, the same thing. Man is what's giving us chiyus. It's what's giving us life, right? So the nefesh, the thing that, that we live with, right? If it's, you know, uh, something that's very content, very at rest, very not aware of uh, any spiritual, you know, or um, of its vulnerability, etc. So it it, uh, it can't receive the man. Right? Receiving man means you understand you live by the word of Hashem, right? So uh, if a person is relying on his bank account and his stores of grain and his, you know, uh, bakery down the street, then then he's not going to get man. Right? So so by realizing that no, I I have nothing to live on. I'm going to die of starvation. I'm going to die of thirst, right? Then you could you could receive the money. You understand that you live off of Hashem. You live off the word of Hashem. So then you could you could receive the money. So again, the tziruf of the nefesh literally means to purify the nefesh, right? right. But it's purified through through the feeling of vulnerability. That is what makes it that that very same nefesh can receive uh, a heavenly bread. Uh, can receive life. From heaven, so so that's that's step two, and then finally step three, the yam uh, is lunasosan to test them, and of course to do nisim for them. I mean, the, the, the two words are literally uh, nais means both to test and to do a miracle, right? Because obviously a, a person who is who is uh, who is tested. Is a person who is fit to receive miracles. So if so, if we're, if we're tested, means what, what happened at the Yam? Uh, the Jewish people had to go in to a just go start going in to into a sea, that, yeah, and that was a test. But in that merit, we merited the splitting of the sea. Yeah, so. Again, so it's it's when it's when it's only when you tested like that, which is the where where 
you have to go beyond your natural mind you have to transcend so to speak this world uh, being a, a test requires a transcendence and a transcendence brings with it a miracle so in all three of these Rabbi Eliezer is talking about the laying the ground the soil you're preparing the soil right and if Yeshua is talking about the um, the thing that 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 then is is done with that. Yes, yeah, so you go through again. So derech exhausts the body, subjugates the body, uh, so to speak, scrubs it down. You know, wears it a bit thin, like uh, like old, like old age, right? The Torah rests better inside of an old older person than a young person with the hormones are all flying, and he's, you know. Uh, has lusts and, and, and all that stuff that that does not that's not a uh, a good vessel for the Torah, right? So, so if you if you if you set him on the derech, if, if he's got to you know do a uh, uh, you know whatever it is a fifteen mile uh, march, right? So then he'll be so exhausted, so the body kind of quiets down. Yeah, that is a hachana for the Torah to be able to go into that vessel. Then the, the fear of the desert where you realize that you are dependent, you're reliant on Hashem. That's what makes it that you could receive the mon, which is the Hashem's sustenance to you. Yeah? And then finally is the yam, is a place where you are pushed beyond your limits. That's a, that's a nisayon, a test. That's also the place where you are zoha to miracles, which are from beyond this world. This is one sheet I am trying to explain the, 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 the to, to combine Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua. The Chilta oh. presents it as Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua doing seemingly two very different things with this Pasuk. Pasuk says... I thought you were trying to explain the depth just behind Rabbi Eliezer. Both. Trying to show how Rabbi Eliezer uh-huh. and Rabbi Yeshua are really, are really the, same the same thing. Rabbi Eliezer is talking about seemingly he's, by him it all seems to be negative kind of. And Rabbi Yeshua is all positive. But the answer is no. Rabbi Eliezer is talking about preparing the vessels for whether it be the vessel of the body or the vessel of the nefesh or the vessel of the intellect or, okay. the, or the neshama. And Rabbi Yeshua is talking about what is filling all those vessels. Right? So it means Rabbi Yeshua would agree to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer would agree to Rabbi Yeshua, that that is what happened. That the exhaustion of the way is what made it possible to receive, for, to receive the Torah. And that the terror of the desert is what made it possible to receive the Mon. And that the tests of the sea is what made it possible, the miracles of the sea. But the, the question is, which one? Yeah, the one of them is emphasizing the... The first step of it, the preparation, and the other one's emphasizing the conclusion of it, the, you know, what came of it. Understand? Maral doesn't say this. I'm saying right. Maral explains each one of them independently, shows how each one of them is dealing with body, nefesh, and seichel. But then he leaves it at that. He doesn't actually go to the next step of to link them up. So that's I'm proposing. Okay. 
I just double checking. The chiddush function is is just a midrash. It's not to, not necessarily to point out difficulties in the pasuk, right? I'm, I'm reading this. Like, I, I would say if this like wait, just a midrash, not to point out difficulties. Explain what what is just a midrash and what uh, what are the two options over there? Uh, this is not like a, a midrash was a commentary on. Yeah, yeah. But yes. If I were reading this, like I would say reading this from the perspective of Rashi, I would say what's wrong with the pasuk is kind of weird. For sure. Michal to doing that as well. It has to be. That's what midrash is. Sometimes, there's a gadik midrash, which is. Talking about gadik midrash, yeah. Midrash is a, is speaking on a pasuk only if there's a difficulty in the pasuk. Absolutely. Otherwise, what's their permission to start open their mouth and talk? And this is why you have to join the choir. You say there, eight to eight forty-five in the morning. Oh, can you ask the school to start writing? Sure, <laughs> no problem. Uh, yes, absolutely. Every single, just like Rashi, right? Rashi brings midrashim. Why does Rashi bring midrashim? To resolve a difficulty in the pasuk. It's not that Rashi had a difficulty and he found a midrash with which he could answer. No, the midrash itself was bothered by the same thing. In fact, sometimes the moral says, no, Rashi, you misunderstood. The thing that you think is difficult with the Pasuk is actually not what the midrash found difficult with the Pasuk. I just had an example of it in the Parshish of Aira. He says, no, look, if you look at the midrash carefully, you see that actually the midrash is bothered by a different word than what Rashi is bothered by. So, so, so as applied here, that is, we are curious why there are three words here. What is it? What is the oh. bother? I don't yeah. know if we have an answer to that. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't really read. Derech Hamidbar Yam Suf. Is it Midbar or is it Yam? Which one is it? I mean, I could hear Derech Hamidbar. What's the whole passage? Right in the beginning of the parak. Right in front. So I, mean, I could hear Derech right. Hamidbar, the, the way of the desert. I, I or, could hear, or Derech Yamsuf. Or Derech Yamsuf, the, 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 the way by the sea. You know, right. the, the way of the, but the way of the desert sea, the, like desert sea, what's a desert, what's a desert sea? So rather, those two, those may be different things. If they're different... No, that would be Derech Hamidbar, the Yamsuf. I mean, like, it's just, it's... It just doesn't... It doesn't unless, you, unless you want to say Yamsuf is the name of the Midbar. There's a Midbar that was called Yamsuf. Or the Derech of the Yamsuf. The Derech of the Midbar. The Derech of the Midbar. Yeah, okay, so the, these are all proposed, right. so now you're trying to solve the difficulty. Right? But, but, okay, <laughs> so, but so, so okay. good. So then the Midrash solved the difficulty. Okay. That it was all three. Shem, Took them derech through the derech, through the midbar, through the yamsuf, and why are we emphasizing all three to say that Hashem was grinding us through a certain process? Again, the, you know, uh, the, the the job of the maral over here is not to explain how the midrash got it here in the gurarie or in a chidushia goddess of the maral. That's much more what he would do, right? Uh, here he's choosing to not explain what the Midrash found difficult, but rest assured, the Mechilta had a difficulty, and it was coming to resolve that difficulty. Yeah? And 
and Meforshim on the Mechilta would, would be tasked with explaining what that difficulty was. Okay. So, Vichamushim um, Alu. Okay. So, and they went up uh, fifth. Bimchilta says the Midrash. I said, what does it mean to go up fifth? How do you go up fifth? Well, she says armed, right? Oh, so. Uh, so, Melamed, Shiyotsu, this Mechilta says, Melamed, this teaches that they left, that they went out, Israel, Bechamisha Mine Zion, with five types of weapons. Um, so, so now you think, okay, well, that kind of uh, interesting detail that the Mechilta decided to teach us is like, they had five weapons, you should know there wasn't, they didn't have four weapons, not six weapons, five weapons. Right? Like, what do I care? I mean, let me ask you a question, the, when the English longbow archers fought against the French knights, how many weapons did they have on them? I have no idea. Like, you know, frankly, don't care, right? Like, well, who cares about that, right? So, uh, the Mechilta is telling us something that I guess it resolves the words in the Pasuk, but it seems a bit, seems a bit, um, let me just tell me they were not armed, right? And I'll assume that they were armed to whatever extent that one needs to be armed, right? Says the morale of a pure Zeh Hazayin Imohem You should know this is a wondrous matter over here. This are the, the fact that they were armed with five armaments. That's the right word, right? Five, five armaments? Yes. No idea. Five weapons. Seems reasonable, I, I could have said that. Okay. No, I'm going to tell your mother on you. What you I'm gonna tell Noah's mother on him. So uh, this is a wondrous matter. Why? Ki yad Hashem shehika b'mitzrayim v'yotzu ayidei gvuras hakodesh boruchu. The hand of Hashem which struck Egypt and we left e- and we left Egypt through that might. Who v'osayad haya alehem. That hand was upon them. V'edua. Everyone knows there are five fingers in the hand. Go ahead and double check that. Yeah, five, good. So he's saying it's not just a uh, military uh, information over here that a soldier has five um, armaments, but rather uh, it's alluding to 
the divine hand that was upon us with the, through the might of which we left Egypt. Is this the Haggadah's drasha? Or is this a different one? What, what does Haggadah say? Uh, Kiva, no? Or, uh, he, the, he, when we left, it wasn't ten plagues, it was... Yeah, the Ezba, the Ezba. That was, was an Ezba, whereas at the sea, it was, it was, it was right. Yad. Right. So that's, that's five times as many. Right. That's five times as many miracles. It's a drusha? different drusha, but the same concept the fact that the hand is five, it has five fingers. Okay. Yeah. So now, uh, just to, first of all, um, bring out the... So you said not teaching a military reality, but... But rather telling us that, uh, that we left, that the arms that we had represent... The Torah is telling us this. Who cares that we have five arms, right? The answer is five weapons on us, right? It's telling us that we left armed in such a way that really it represented the divine hand, which was the real weapon of the Jewish people through the might of which we left Egypt. So we were armed. We were fivefold armed because that, that speaks to the hints to the full fully armed, armed to the teeth, right? Armed to the teeth, that's five, five weapons. Why is five weapons armed to the teeth? Because it represents the divine hand that was with us. Okay, the, uh, but why a hand as opposed to the Zoroa? Um, like, I mean, in Haggadah we see the outstretched arm. Like, uh, so, so if you remember, the outstretched arm is, is more of a threat. Okay. I mean, but the actual, but the actual plow, Yad Chazaka, right? So, so the, so the actual strike is with, is the actual strike is with, is with the fist, right? That's a five. Okay. Um, so first of all, the Mishnah, in uh, the sixth parak of Sacha Shabbos, which is called Isha, what can a woman go out with on Shabbos? It talks about women and men as well. Um, and there's a discussion over there about a person going out wearing weaponry on him. And the Mishnah lists the five weapons. You mean from a, from a Hotzah perspective? That's right, from a Hotzah perspective. Yeah, whether you, one may or may not go out into the Rosh Hashanah wearing weapons, the, the, there's a Machlekes Tanoim, uh, the Chachamim understand that that would be called carrying. And um, yeah, and Rabbi Eliezer says that you that it's considered a tachshit. It's considered a jewelry or be, you know, like a purifying thing for a man to have weapons, have weapons on him. Yeah, certain well, types. Well, well, all of them. But just list what they are. All the five weapons are listed in that Mishnah. So the five weapons are easy to remember because you know, the Mishnah doesn't say this, but. Uh, it's based, uh, it's based on our Bedu Bachi. Um, so if you look at your hand, so you have five fingers as we just said earlier, right? Um, so the, the different fingers have different characteristics, right? Okay, so... Uh, so the Bedu Bachi talks about the, the five fingers as they correspond to the different senses, taking care of our senses. So you have... The um, so the, the edzba, the index finger, is for cleaning the nose. The 
the ama, the long finger, is for scratching. If you imagine, if you have a, if you have an itch somewhere, anywhere, go ahead and scratch it a little bit. Which finger are you going to use? Think about that, yeah. Right? You ever think about that? Then the uh, the pinky, of course, is for the is for the ear. Right? Try cleaning your ear with your thumb, something like that, right? Or you're in even really any other finger, it'll be it'll be uncomfortable. Yeah. And the the um, the thumb is for your mouth, the size of your mouth, and the uh, what's it called, the ring finger. Yeah, is for your eye. If you clean your eye with one of the other fingers, it's gonna poke. It's the, the ring finger is the best one for that. Anyway, so they all have uh, unique uh, things. So so here with weapons, so the five weapons are the sword, the spear, the club, and the bow and arrow. That's four weapons, and then the one weapon that uh, is not really a weapon, but it's Kenegat Kulam is the shield. Why is it Kenegat Kulam? Why is the shield Kenegat Kulam? Because it's, it's the only, it's, it's like everything else is offensive and the shield is defensive. And it protects from all four of them. From, oh. you know, the, right? And, I mean, it's, uh, it's like a, it's a Zucker in the cave. I mean, it's two different jobs, right? Two completely different jobs. All four of them do one type of a jab, but you won't survive long unless you have a shield, right? That's so, so only one, but it's just as important as all four of them. Right? Um, or at least just what I mean by just as important is that it's the other half of the puzzle. Like a Zucker and a Keva. Okay. Man and woman, right? So I mean, if you had to choose one, I guess you should choose a sword over just a shield. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe Captain America would argue with this, but I would imagine, <laughs> I'd imagine you would just go for the sword. Uh, I don't get exactly how he manages to just be a superhero with just a shield, but, um, but whatever, right? Um, it's a very powerful shield. It's a very powerful shield. It yeah. used, like, to ring at things. Like a frisbee. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but the point is that, uh, but, but the point is that all four of these are used by the right hand, all four of the weapons are used by the right hand. The shield is held in the left hand. Unless you're a lefty. Sure. Then you just reverse. Exactly. Yeah. But the point is that so one is chesed, one is gvura, etc. So it's, it's all it's all there. Yeah. So the so these this the four weapons, right? So again, so the edzba, the pointing finger, right? Sword. That's the sword. That's the one that's the most dexterous. I can, you know, uh, do all sorts of really complicated. Squiggle if if you're if you're uh, what's called swiping on your phone, right? You're probably using your index finger. You swipe with your thumb. It's pretty hard. Oh, it's probably just because it's probably just because of the way you hold. Well, let's imagine you have a tablet. Yeah, I mean, you definitely to, to draw with a finger or whatever right. it is. You right. definitely use your index finger, right? right. So that's the sword. That's the most dexterous. Yeah. The longest one, the one that gives you the reach, right, to scratch that spear. That's the spear, right? Cool. Then the little guy is the arrow, right? And then the the ring finger is the club. It's kind of not very, not dexterous at all, really. Right? You 
try to try try swipe try swiping with the uh, try swiping with your ring finger. Yeah, and then the thumb is the what's it called? Uh, a positional thumb. Opposing thumb. Yeah, that's what anything you're going to be picking up with the other ones. There better be a thumb on either side to help you to do that, right? So the godless of the thumb is that it's from a different direction than the than the other fingers. It's connected cool. Cool. Okay. Now I know I can take a shield outside of an A roof. Maybe we we pass like a home. I was excited. <laughs> But Sorry. You could, you could take a sword? No, no. no. All no, five, no, all, like, all weapons, right? We pass the Chachamim that that weaponry is called carrying. So you cannot you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. They bring a Pasuk that since that Lasit Lavo, you see that Lasit Lavo, uh, the swords will be beaten into plow shards and uh, etc. mean it'll all be. So you see that since weaponry will be in this battle in the future, even though right now it has a certain, it's attractive, you look, Stunning, you know, marine with his sword on his side or whatever it is, right? But uh, uh, but that's only because the world is a broken world. In, in an ideal world, the weaponry will be gone. So therefore, it's it's not betzam atachshit. It's it's betzam That's how that's what the chavim say to Rabbi Yezer. That's how we pass him. Anyway, but be that as it may, so Kolzer went out fully armed with the full five. Weapons represented by the hand. Um, 